Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different and after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. moving his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Maddie Kay. And John, I hope everyone is safe and healthy uh, dealing with this COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Yes. I would also like to extend my wishes that everybody is healthy and safe. Yeah, Matt is just looking <laughs> for the few of you to die off so he could take your job. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really into working. <laughs> Despite well, you the can name, cut a really fantastic deal. What a great negotiating technique. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, eh, you know, despite the name of this podcast, I'm not that into working you know i just <laughs> uh, i don't know it it just gets to be a drag after a while doesn't it 
Don't you think a lot of people are not not happy about this? I don't want to say that. There's a lot of people who have been, uh, you know, obviously terribly adversely affected. But I, I would say there's a certain segment of the working population that is like, thank God I don't have to go into the office. <laughs> thank God. Uh, there's there's a there's a pretty healthy percentage of people that are thanking the good Lord. Now, I mean, look, if, they don't want to they don't want to get it. I mean, it it. You know, from everything we've been reading, it was something that has affected mostly older people. But now, like the stats that are coming out, especially from New York, is, you know, it's also hitting the young, the young and vibrant. There was a guy, a student who was recovering and he posted a warning to other students who were really disregarding um, all the warnings, the social distancing and all that. And he was like, look, you know, you don't. Don't be frivolous with this. But young people, they they don't. That's the nature of being young. You're invulnerable, and uh, right. I can understand. You know, you know that saying. Uh, oh, it just escaped my mind because I'm old and I'm getting senile. Youth, <laughs> youth is wasted on the young. You yes, know, yes, I've always thought youth was wasted on old people who talk like that. That means that you are, have slipped into being a bitter old person and uh, you've just kind of wasted all of your... You, those are the people, I guess, who kind of peaked in high school. And um, you know what was really funny was that Rob Lowe, well, I think it was uh, it was for a cable company. Um, maybe it was like... It was for digital cable, basically going wireless. And right. He would be like... I'm Rob Lowe, and then one of them was, and I peaked in high school, Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, hey, Rob Lowe has had a pretty good career, and he had, looks great. The guy's like 55. He's had the most, he had the most amazing comeback. Remember that whole scandal? Yes. With the yeah. videotape? And this, that was pre-internet. That was pre-Me Too, yeah. And, oh, that wait, was, that was a long time ago. 30 years ago, something like that. And it, it took a while, but then he was in Tommy Boy. He bounced back, yeah. Yeah, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Uh, then he was on the West Wing. And, yep. uh, yeah, he, he's had a very, he's on those Atkins commercials now. He looks fantastic. Well, listen, let's, uh, before we banter on into eternity, let's tell the listeners what we have in store for him. Well, you know, I we hate to be Captain Obvious about this, but uh, we're going to talk about the different industries that have been affected. Uh, again, like I hate to be pointing out the obvious, but I would also feel kind of odd if we didn't touch upon it because it's happening all. Well, I mean, us. I think we should we should touch upon it. And I have some personal stories of friends that I know that have restaurants that have been particularly hard hit. I think the entire you know restaurant industry has been. Um, you know, just absolutely blindsided. And I can speak to it um, for, you know, local businesses here and then also businesses in New York, uh, in New York City that um, are really, um, you know, very uh, realistically weeks away from shutting the doors permanently, just filing for bankruptcy. Well, the profit margins for restaurants is razor thin so any disruption i mean they're they're always i mean that, that is probably one of the toughest businesses um because anything can well go it, dep wrong. it depends on 
what you, you that is true they are razor thin but it also depends on what type of establishment what cuisine it is and how popular it is you know how many people you can turn over there's all that good stuff but all that goes to to crap when nobody can go to the restaurants and they're only doing takeout i mean i have a i have a buddy who owns a local bar and grill very successful in huntington and you know his margins on drinks right so booze beer uh, alcohol even soda um, is astronomical i mean they're just very, very healthy. I mean, the markup on drinks is ridiculous. The uh, The markup on food is razor thin. It's really not... If you go to a restaurant and you just order food and order like an ice water, like my dad does, you are screwing the restaurant because they're making almost no money. And what he had to do was... You know, they still had takeout and stuff, but he, I mean... Nobody knew, so all of, all of his supplies were in, so he ended up donating it to the local food bank because all of his perishables were going to go bad. Yeah, I should and def- That's thousands I- and thousands of dollars of inventory just... Yeah, yeah, oof. yeah. I should uh, go out to dinner with your father because I don't drink either, so we could both just not order any, any booze. But yeah... Um, I, I think no, he it's. I mean, he doesn't. Not that he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink. Who won't even get like a soda? No, no, no. It's too expensive. Not too bad. expensive. Have a couple of beers at home. Have a couple of glasses of wine at home. I'm <laughs> gonna pay eight dollars for a freaking glass of wine that costs them a buck. Um, you know, it's funny. I think it's the higher end restaurants that have been hit a lot harder. Because like, I went to this pizza place. I ordered from a pizza place. I think on Friday, last Friday. And I have never had to wait, ever. I always call, and then I go pick it up. And they'll usually be like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. This time, she said, can you give us like 35, 40 minutes? And I said, sure. And then when I got there, there were people in there. It was funny, because they had all the chairs pushed to the side. All the tables were pushed to the side, and all the chairs up. And they had a sign saying, we we can't have people sitting down. So you had to stand there. And there were, I counted, there were seven people. And I stood there for a good 10, 15 minutes. And they were working. I mean, it wasn't that they were short so, so you were practicing social distancing at its best, all jammed up in the pizza parlor? No, it was funny. People were making a conscious effort to stand oh, to keep, away to from each away. other. Yeah, But I, I think like, I think pizza has always, like a pizza place has always done a healthy business and takeaway. I mean, their in-house stuff has been screwed. But, like, if you're a pizza joint, you might be doing okay. Not not, not okay, but you might be in survival mode. Well, I think this place is doing a lot better. Because, honestly, I've never seen – I won't say never. I've occasionally seen somebody sitting at a table eating. But it's the type of place where you – the vast majority, I think, is takeout. So I think – I mean, again, they were busier than I've ever seen them. I mean, they had – they must have had eight people working behind the counter and they kept getting call after call after call. And, you know, the, the woman was very apologetic and I was like, fine, you know, I understand they were getting slammed. But uh, I think those places are going to do a lot better than the places that charge. Like, who's going to get a hundred dollar takeout meal? No, there no, is no those, way. those places are 
yeah, those places are screwed. But even, I mean, just taking it from our family is we now eat out, we'll do takeout like once a week just to, just to, for some normalcy for the boys. But before that, I mean, we would do it a couple times a week, maybe two to four times a week. And now it's down to once a week. And I think a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're afraid. I mean, someone at the, the restaurant might have it and then spread it to you. There's a, there's a fear. So wait, have you guys cut down because you're worried about the virus? We've, we've cut down just because of, we're trying to limit our, um, like going out to establishments. Like we go, uh, food shopping once a week. Right. Like if we go to, in any time we go, like I go, like I'm the only one who goes. Right. So, you know, if, if I catch it, they can throw me out in the yard and just right. with a tent you and can I can deal with it. You live in the shed in the back. Yeah, I live <laughs> in the shed. Um, so we're trying to limit that. So, so ergo, like, you know, even with takeout, um, we go out once a week just to, just so we, I don't have to, not FaceTime. Because even if you go pick it up, like I'm within six feet of people um, exchanging money. I'm exchanging a car. There's interaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and New York, like New York City, I think has got like over 20,000 cases now. Um, Long Island is not as bad. But like we're like New York is like the epicenter of this. Like yes. there's I think it's over half the, the cases. And it's basically it's due to the fact of the population density in Manhattan. I think it's um, I think I forget what it is, but it's like tens of thousands of people per square mile. Um, and so just people are living on top of each other and they're just spreading this thing like wildfire. And they're liberals. So that, of course, they're, they're, liberal, all, they're and that's, all part of the that liberal factors folks. in yeah. too. Well, you know, you take a family like you, yours, you have two boys. They pretty much order like adults now, right? They're not ordering. Up oh, kids oh, gone are gone are the days yeah. of they, not only do they order like adults, but they will, uh, eat. Our food. Like if you don't eat fast enough, they'll start. And Jeannie is the worst because she eats slow. Like I grew up with a brother, and yeah. I, I basically it was like Lord of the Flies. Like like when I get wolf. my food, <laughs> yes, when I get my food, I engulf it because what did AJ used to do run in and touch the pizza slices or something. No, no, he used to worse, worse. This is actually a great story for the coronavirus. So what would happen is. We were growing up, my dad, you know, we would order out, we get pizza. And I remember it was always this pizza place that had this special. It was like two pizzas and like a large Coke, like one of the, you know, those like liter Cokes or whatever for X amount of money. Right. right? And that's the only place he would go to because that was his deal. Right. And two pies for a family of five wasn't enough. I mean, I just flat out like right. AJ and I, this is when we were like teenagers, we could easily put away four slices. Oh, each. easily. Like, like a pie for us was like maybe like a small lunch. Right. So we could easily go to like five or six slices, my dad, three to four, and then my mom and sister too. So you just do the math. We really needed three pies. Right. So the pizza would come home and what my brother would do is... The box would open and he would lick (laughs) 
the slices that he wanted to claim. Yeah. So he would immediately lick four slices as I was punching him in the arm <laughs> not to do so. It's like your parents had to come in and throw this pizza to a pack of wild dogs mm. who were ripping each other to Exactly. R- eating the box. You'd be worried about losing a, a, a finger in there. You'd yes, just gotta... exactly. Precisely. Well, you know, people of my parents' generation, like we would occasionally, very rarely get a pizza out. And we would go out to eat maybe once a week. But people of my parents' generation, like they did not order food out. Like my, both my parents no. lived in DC no. and my father was like, and you know, my dad cooked sometimes on a rare occasion, usually if my mother was maybe out of town for some reason and he, he could do a decent job with a steak and he would cook on the grill. But you know, he said when he was a bachelor, he would cook yeah. cause he's like, I don't know. You just didn't order out food. Like he said, I guess you could. And people would get pizza or Chinese food. That was basically your ordering out options. And now I was reading that Americans spend more money out at restaurants and takeout food than they do on groceries. Which, oh, easily. Well, it, it, it slowly me. evolved from, you know, a, uh, you know, dual earning households, lack of time. Um, you know, all, nobody's getting out at five or six o'clock from work. So you push, it, it's just, it's more difficult to come back and, and cook a homemade meal. Uh, so it's so the demographics of it. And then, you know, I remember living in the city and just like Gristides and it was so expensive to buy groceries to make your, it was almost cheaper to eat out. Dennis now Dino's, that's not yeah. so with a a family of five, family of four. It's definitely more economical to eat in. Um, I mean, to, cook, to home cook, but in the city, as a single person, I mean, you just get like a burrito for six bucks. I would kind of go in phases. Like I would go grocery shopping, do a big shopping, uh, you know, buy a bunch of stuff. I would cook. And then I'd kind of run out and, you know, I'd order out for a few nights and then I'd be like, okay, I got to go grocery shopping again. But going grocery shopping at the Pathmark in Brooklyn was like a contact sport. I mean, it was just overwhelming to try. I remember one time I was in there, probably more than once, filled up a basket, looked at the lines and I just left the basket in the aisle and left (laughs) because I just couldn't deal. Like it was after work or whatever. I'm like. Oh, my God, I can't do this, uh, you know, go home. But I've always been pretty decent about cooking at home. You know, it's, again, I get a little streaky sometimes, but it is definitely cheaper. But, like, say your family, my original point, or, like, take a family of four. You know, they go out to eat. They're spending anywhere from 100 to $200. And you could easily spend more than that. You know, you would say... It, yeah, even at, like, a... Uh like a chain, you know, like a cheesecake factory. It's over a hundred bucks. Oh, those are expensive. Yeah. I mean, chilies and all that, like they're not giving anything away. So say you go out, it's a, a minimum of 20 bucks a head tip and all that. Not, well, that's without drinks. So call it a hundred dollars. Um, it's it, always, it's always a hundred plus unless we go to like 
Chick-fil-A or something like right, that. Right, right. Then it will be like 50 or 60 bucks. Well, and if you get, you know, there's two adults, you get a, a drink, you get a beer, whatever. Now you're, you know, pumping up the bill more. And if, if you have four adults over the age of 21 who are getting two drinks each, I mean, now you're talking two. Oh, big, yeah. You you're know, talking ridiculous. So restaurants have lost that. I mean, they're trying to do things up here where you can get alcohol ordered with your meal and whatnot but like if it was yeah, me that, that's good just yeah giving giving someone a drink they got to drive home I how yeah, many people I don't know how it works. are drinking <laughs> that think about it I know. like you get a drink like you're telling me no one's taking a couple sips on that when they're you know with a 10 minute ride well, home 15 I, minute ride i home? mean i assume it's in a, so i don't see i can't i i was kind of laughing with somebody i was picturing them just handing you a martini glass <laughs> you're trying to drive home with it but honestly you can just go to the liquor store and get a high-end bottle of gin like tanqueray gin for like 25 dollars well i think i think liquor stores now are doing gangbuster oh, business wise they must be people are lined up oh they're I mean, at home with the kids they get just getting slumped. <laughs> well 2, 2 p.m. rolls around. You don't have anything else to do. You're like... It's happy hour time. Yeah, it's happy hour. Because you can't go to the bars. So, I mean... No. You know. And they've lost... Well, I, I, think, I think that, you know, a lot of restaurants... It's going to be interesting to see the fallout. And I, I feel really bad for anyone who owns a restaurant or works in a restaurant. I mean, look at a waiter. No, I know. A waiter or a waitress who they're... Uh, livelihood depends on people coming in and sitting down and, and eating, which is prohibited. <laughs> it's, well, on a you can't do that meal, right now. How much are you going to tip on a $20 takeout meal? You, know? you see, that's just it. Like you're not, couple of I bucks. mean, restaurants are in a bind because they've already like, w they could have maybe one or two of the wait staff handle that, but you're not going to get tipped. Well, I know in the you initial might, you might get tipped in the initial uh, time there. You know, these restaurants were saying we're we're keeping our wait staff, we're having them do stuff. But how long is that going to last? Right. I mean, you know, like this, like the, like uh, President Trump is like he wants everything back uh, by Easter. This is not. You know why? Because it's a beautiful day. He beautiful just thought, day. He he. I am quoting him. I just thought it would be a really beautiful day. That's right. the science once, backing this. I think, I think once the sun comes out, we should just call it quits. Call it off. Yeah. Call it off. I like the, um, the lieutenant governor from Texas basically just says, well, look, senior citizens can just die and we can get the economy going back. That, that's basically yeah. his plan. They just die. Yeah, they, it's, they're fine it's, with that. It's Darwinian. Yeah. You got you to gotta weed the herd. Look, I'm just waiting for Trump to come out and advise people to drink soap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because yeah. soap, I, I mean, you look I, look, I looked at an animation on the New York Times and soap kills it. Like you wash your hands for 20 seconds and it literally disintegrates the coronavirus. The molecule is basically obliterated. It's almost like it's being like, you know, cooked. I am waiting for e either Trump or a politician to come out and say it's a good idea to drink soap. Can you drink soap? 
I mean, does it do you anything can, to I, you? I'm sure you, I'm sure you can, but I'm sure you would throw up immediately. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you could pour a little. I mean, I mean, the the fact is, is if the if the coronavirus gets down into your stomach, it's neutralized and killed by the gastric uh, acids in your stomach. It's when it gets into your lung. That's your problem is getting into the lung. So they're they're also recommending like um, constantly drinking hot liquids because that will if the coronavirus is in your mouth or in your airway, it'll flush it down into your stomach and naturally kill it. Well, from what I understand, it, it's in the mucus, which gets hardened, can get hardened, and it stays in your lungs. And this is what happens with pneumonia. So if you drink warm water, tea, it, it loosens it up and pushes it, as you say, down into your stomach, and then your gastric juices will take care of it. Um, again, like, well, I think one, I think once you get into the stage where it's like you're in a pneumonia stage, like, and it's hardened, um, phlegm, I, I don't think you're, I don't think they're at the ICU giving people cups of tea. Well, they should be. I think this is, I think this is, <laughs> no, this is preventative. This is, this is keep your system. This moving. is, pre- this is preventative. Yes. And if you have a mild case is what, that's what you should do. You should right. be drinking. Right. But if you have a serious case, you're. You got to go. To the but this was a doctor in Australia. Again, this is I, you know not to take anything away from her. She's a doctor, but you you I think for a lot of people it's just overwhelming because you hear this, you hear that, you hear young people can't get it, you hear you know all kinds of like six feet away from each other, and some people aren't really buying that. Some people I think still think this is a hoax. Some people, it's hard to like, I mean, I'm looking out my window right now. It's a bright, sunny day. It's nice out. Uh, I don't know anybody who has it. I don't, you know, my neighbors seem fine. So it's just, it's hard to like, you're, I mean, intellectually, I know it's out there. I know it's dangerous. I know it's a good idea to close things up and stay away. But if you're a restaurant owner, you're probably like, Jesus Christ, like, I don't know. Like, what is this? Like, how did this come up? You know, like, what- yeah, no, it's no for. Well, I, I think we've we know that the restaurant industry is is pretty screwed. But there's also the airline industry. There's the hospitality industry. Well, I would be interested to see how I mean, I I'm impressed at how quickly the restaurant industry has tried to adapt um, you know, with the takeout and, and being creative. I mean, we're laughing about the drinks, but trying to get creative with that. Um, I remember reading this book called Citizen Soldiers um, by Stephen Ambrose, which is about World War II. And he said right. the American soldiers tended to be more creative than the European soldiers. Like they would, they were trying to get through these hedgerows. And so the American soldiers attached like basically a bulldozer to the tanks they welded them on and were able to burst through and they said like their european counterparts even the germans when a a vehicle broke down they were inclined to just leave it there and the americans were more inclined to be like no let's fix that or let's repurpose it to something else and right again this was one book but he just said it struck him how Americans, and that's always been kind of our identity is like we adapt. We we don't, you know, we're willing to kind of toss the rule book out. And if you look at any successful person, 
they've basically gotten there by throwing the rule book out, which is risky. It's very risky and you're open to ridicule and being mocked. But, you know, I think like the restaurant industry is indicative of that, not to be Mr. Ra-Ra American, but, you know, it's like, okay, we can't do this. What can we do? Like, do we just shut the doors? Well, no, let's, you know, let's try something else. Now a hotel. And they, and they are, they are trying multiple things. Yes. It's just that for me, I think like what you alluded to is like, how long is this going to go on? Right. I don't think like, you know, if we're talking four weeks, that's one thing. If we're talking three months, ooh. Well, no one knows. Things start to get real dicey. If they were able to tell the restaurant industry, look, by June 1st, you will be able to open your doors. We'll be back to business as usual. Okay, the government can send checks, tie people over, which they're doing. I mean, if they if they get whatever log jam out of the way um, and tie people over and people can feel like, okay, I just got to hang in there till June 1st. But no one knows that. So. Right. And if you've already had to shut your doors, how do you reopen? Like, how do you, you know, people who go to restaurants by and large, and I read this from Anthony Bourdain, are creatures of habit. You know, they want to order the same dish, which this always floored me, that people would go and basically order the same thing like every Wednesday night, and they wanted it to be exactly the same. Oh, yeah. It's creatures of habit. Right. I mean, because they know that they, people know that they like that and right. it's a sure thing. I right. mean, that's why, like, look at McDonald's. I think McDonald's yeah. is just absolutely disgusting, bordering on not being food. But you can go to a McDonald's anywhere in the world and you're going to get almost the exact same. You get a cheeseburger, that cheeseburger in Boise, Idaho is going to taste the same as, you know, Tokyo, Japan. Yep. And there, there was a real genius to that, to recognizing that, that people want consistency. I right. personally like to eat things that I, I don't make at home or I can't make at home. Uh, like ordering scrambled eggs and bacon at a restaurant, I'm kind of like, well, I make that at home. Like I don't really, you know, I've never understood restaurants that advertise home cooking. If I want home cooking, I will cook at home. I am going to a restaurant... To have restaurant cooking. Right, to have a professional cook my meal. Like, I don't want meatloaf at a restaurant. Why do I want meatloaf? My mother makes meatloaf. Nothing's going to be better than that. So why am I bothering with that? Anyway, um, you know, if people get out of the habit, if their restaurant, even if they're still open, if they haven't been open to go and sit down, you know, people are going to do something else, go someplace. I don't know. You know, it's hard to, like, rebound. I guess. Yeah, no, it's, you know, and also too, if like you've, um, like say you've, you've laid off all your staff, like how many people are going to come back that, that startup? I mean, you also have to, you know, will they have money on hand to stock the perishables and the inventory and the, you know, it takes a lot. And the also question is like, how flexible a commercial landlord is going to be with the rent? And there's so many unknowns. Yeah, and how flexible can they be? I mean, it's like, you know, you can see a landlord saying to a tenant, like just if they own an apartment building, saying, look, I got to pay bills. Like, I I need right. rent. But I mean, so they evict that tenant. Well, so what? I mean, <laughs> can I get another one who can pay the rent that easily? You know, it's it's uh, 
a lot of dominoes there. You know what I was recalling? Right, because then it could be vacant for multiple months or years. Yeah. You know, it just reminded me we were talking about people being creatures of habit. This was years ago when I was working on a film in Manhattan. We were on in like, you know, I don't know, in the, on the west side in the 80s. And we had taken over this restaurant just for the morning between like 7 and 12. They were filming a scene in there. So I was standing on the sidewalk and these two elderly ladies came up and they're like, it, it, what, what's going on? The diner's not open? And I said, well, it's, it's closed till noon. Uh, they're shooting a scene in there. And they, they couldn't eat breakfast. They're like, well, where are we going to eat breakfast? There was a <laughs> diner across the <laughs> avenue. Like, I could have picked up a rock and thrown it and hit. And you know they had the same exact stuff. But oh, no. Yeah. No. They're no morning, they, had to, they had to go to that diner. It was ruined. It was absolutely ruined. So people, it, it's, you know, people are getting into a mode now where they just have different priorities, too. I mean, they're trying to deal with relatives. They're trying to deal with homeschooling their kids. Uh, eating out at restaurants or getting takeout and all that is probably not first and foremost on a lot of people's minds you know the other thing too before we, before we leave this restaurant subject is you know it's also it's not like one day it's just going to be like over and they're going to be lines to the your favorite restaurant you know what i mean it's there's going to be you know once once it's safe to eat out at restaurants it's probably gonna take a couple weeks for people to be comfortable enough to do that and for the restaurants to open up. And do you know what I mean? It's not just going to be like a one day thing. Oh, at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, for some people, it's going to take longer than that to feel comfortable. I mean, I was thinking of that before, you know, Massachusetts closed schools now till May 4th. Originally, it was April 7th. And I thought, even if we went back on April 7th, if school was open, I was wondering how many kids would actually show up. And right, their, exactly. Their parents being like, well, the Board of Education... They might is, be like, let's give it a week. Oh, yeah. And and saying, like, you're not medical professionals. Like, who, who said this was okay? And even if the Department of Health and Safety, even if the CDC said it was fine, there's still going to be a lot of people who are like, eh. There's a lot of people who are paranoid anyway about things like this. Right. And this doesn't Well, help. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see this... Two trillion plus bailout, which you know has earmarked money for small businesses, which restaurants would fall under. Uh, it's earmarked, you know, money for. Uh, I, th- I think that it, it has. I don't think it was spelled out specifically for the airlines, but there are loans available. Um, there are going to be, and there, there are provisions where the government will give you like an interest-free loan as long as you you know don't fire anyone. When you pay, you know, no stock buybacks. It's going to be interesting to see how that affects, uh, you know, small businesses and even large businesses in the long run. Like, is it going to work? Is Boeing getting $17 billion or did they cancel that? Yeah, I don't know. I was just reading. I don't know. I don't know if that's... There was a big backlash about that because... They've yeah, killed. there there's a lot of stuff coming out. I don't know if they've earmarked that specifically, and there might be a political thing about you know specifically giving it to one company. They're definitely going to be helped out. I know, but they they let planes crash with people on them to yeah, save whoopsie. money. Basically, I don't know how those people li- like. I feel guilty about everything. 
I feel guilty about did I did I send a curt email to someone? These people apparently <laughs> sleep fine at night. Doesn't bother they them. They sleep like babies. Yeah, and they, I don't know how many what two planes went down. Was it about six hundred people dead? That's eh, not that's not that bad. Yeah, they just call it collateral. In the larger and, scheme of things. Yeah, that you know that scandal and all that that seemed to get hushed up very quickly. You never haven't heard anything about that anymore. Uh, well, it's people's attention spans. They well, just... you would think someone might go to jail over it for negligence nah. or something. Yeah, no. Matt, come on. No, no, forget that. They'd rather fill the jails with you know people buying marijuana or something. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm just wondering when is my check coming? When's Maddie K getting? Ooh, when am I getting I've already, paid? I've already spent that. Yeah, check. <laughs> I've already spent twice that amount. I, <laughs> I need it. I'm gonna have to call my local senator and be like, "Hey, uh, any date on the check or anything well, like you know, that?" You know what I'm gonna do is when, when the check was it like 1,200 bucks or a thousand bucks? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, something like what, that. Whatever it is, you know, I'm going to the bank and I'm gonna add three zeros. <laughs> In pen. So, what, yeah. So, it, what would that be? It would be four zeros, like 1.2 million. Yeah, 1.2. And I, I'm just straight face, try to cash it. We'll just put it in the ATM. Just slip it in the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a federal check, and it's got like X's, and I'm like crossing, yeah. X's, putting the zeros. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm one of those special cases. This yeah, is a yeah. direct loan from I the really Fed. I really need it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. One point two million. Well, there was a woman, we're going to do a segment at some point, Worker of the Week. This woman, she stole payroll checks from her company and then went and tried to cash them. <laughs> Clearly, she's not the company. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And and lo and behold, she was caught. So I, I'm envisioning you getting caught up in some sort of fraud scheme. Oh, definitely. Or something I'm def- like that. I'm, st- I'm stealing my neighbor's checks. My entire block. <laughs> Is waiting, waiting for their check, and I've endorsed them to myself. Well, I've, and then deny, I deny all culpability. My brother and sister-in-law have complained uh, more than once that their packet, they get packages stolen on a fairly regular basis from. Oh, I've gotten packages stolen. Yeah, and I, I think that isn't that really just like I mean, you could open that up, and it's a box of diapers. I mean, like. Oh yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't know what it, you no. don't know what it is. I had a pair of. We ordered Nike sneakers for my son. They were stolen right off our porch. Sneakers, yeah. Sneakers, yeah. I mean, they were like, they were like a hundred bucks. I know, but how but, much are you going to resell them for? Twenty, thirty? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. fifty. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and I mean, talk about the grimiest crime: <laughs> stealing packages. I mean, I'd rather be convicted yeah. of like dealing coke or something at least that's respectable <laughs> you know like you make yeah, some, there's some money glamour off. in that yeah there's some glamour that i got nabbed for stealing packages <laughs> off my neighbor's foot yeah what happens if you grab a package and it's like diapers right yeah like what are you gonna do with like diapers or t-shirts like maybe it was t-shirts or something see we, we've been talking about side hustles though that could be a good side hustle good, Stealing... good side hustle and yeah. the added, ben- added benefit is you get some exercise because you're running <laughs> you're running from house to house and then you're running from the homeowners i'd be driving the van i'd pull up you swing out <laughs> <laughs> grab the package and take off down the street. <laughs> you know, and what you what you would do is you would just basically like 
follow the FedEx UPS <laughs> truck. <laughs> I bet people do that. I bet that happens. I bet you people do that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I got my bike stolen in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, I, I came out. I, I went to the movies. And I uh, had a U-lock. And I came out. The U-lock's twisted on the ground. Bike's gone. I had the bicycle seat. I had to ride the subway home holding the bike seat. Nice. Like, you know how awful that is. And someone told me what they do. These vans would drive around and somebody would, he saw it happen to a, another, you know, bike. This guy jumps out with this like four foot long steel bar and they would jam it between the U-lock and just twist it. And the thing would pop right off. They grab the bike, throw it in the back and off they go. Um, so little side hustles, little side hustles, everybody. Little, little side hustles. Little things you can do, pick up good. a little extra cash, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Steal some kid's birthday gift. <laughs> yeah. Geez. While you're waiting for your government check, yeah. you know, someone be st- proactive. Someone proactive. stole your son's shoes. Jesus. <laughs> that is pathetic. Um, yeah. So airlines have been hit. The airline industry, I don't know if they, I mean, I don't feel particularly badly for the airline industry. They've been screwing people so badly. In the, I think in the last, like, 20 years, it feels like their services have just gone downhill. Um, well, I, I read that someone was like, I read an article that's like, listen, before we give money to the airline industries, let's make a pact with them to stop screwing us. Right. Before we bail them out. Stop jamming more seats into the plane so I can barely, you know, get my knees <laughs> You can't down. breathe. You know, the other thing with the restaurant industry, and again, I feel, you know, and, and with the airlines, there's the millions of, of uh, employees that get hurt. But I've seen these commercials about, one was like, the restaurant industry, restaurants have been there for you. I'm like, wait a minute, this is not a charity organization. Like, I did pay for those meals. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right I, yeah. I do want to support local businesses and everything, but let's... Let's keep everything in perspective a little bit here. You know, it is a service industry and the service gets paid for. And, you know, so um, airlines, the cruise ship industry, I would wonder who was going to set foot on a cruise ship in the next two years. <clears throat> yeah, we, we alluded to this. We spoke about this briefly in, in, a po- in a coronavirus podcast, but it's a $46 billion industry. How does it not go to zero? Zero. Like how do, how do you st- like how do you step on a cruise ship after something like this? I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, cruises do not appeal to me anyway. I'm not. I went on one cruise when I was 18. Uh, I lost twenty dollars and quarters in the slot machine. That was fun. That kind of cured me of gambling because I thought I'm not. Where's the fun in this? I don't really understand. What was I, I've never to been happen. on a cruise. Never been on a cruise ship. Never uh, stepped foot. It was nice. It was uh, three days. Um, went to the Bahamas. That was fun. Went snorkeling. I, but I got to tell you, by the third day, I was like, I'm done with this. Like I'm, you know, I'm finished. Yeah, get get me off this boat. It's a lot of food. They're always shoving food down your mouth. They're always shoving. They, they had a midnight barbecue buffet, which even nice. I couldn't go to. I'm like, I already had dinner, and I was 18. Oh, you know, you know I'd be getting full bang for my buck. I mean, then you're supposed to go back to bed after eating oh, all Jesus. that barbecue. I mean, could you imagine the, the plumbing and toilet system? Ugh. 
I mean, in, would have to just be industrial oh. to handle that deluge of waste. <laughs> oh, my God. And also, uh, and I'm probably going to offend some of our listeners, the, the caliber... Which would not be the first time, right, by right. the way, the side note. The, the caliber of mo- many of the people, I won't say most, many of the people are not people I want to spend a week in a confined space with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, sure. I, I'm not interested. Huddling up cheek to cheek. Yeah. And just listening to all their BS for a week. Like, I don't want to hear that stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, what are you, you're like, you're jockeying to get a position on like a buffet line with <laughs> shitty food. Like, what is. <laughs> yeah. And they have the shows. And everything, and then you're supposed to, I don't know, the, somehow you get to sit at the captain's table. It's like, what the hell do I care about sitting Well, you, Well, you already know, captains. too. It's like they have, you, so they have the free food, but then they have the restaurants that have the upcharge. So you order, the, the cruise industry is saying, look, we're going to serve like substandard below McDonald's quality food. But if you want to eat decent food, yeah, you got to pay extra. And it's all on a card. So yeah. there's no cash. And you get that bill. That bill smacks you in the face. You get that bill. A guy was telling a story where he and his wife don't drink. He's a recovering alcoholic. Go on this cruise. He's waiting in line for his bill. He gets a bill. Say his name is Mark Sullivan. He gets his bill. It's like over $1,500. <laughs> and he's looking at this. Like, what is, you know, and it's all these bar tabs. And, it you know, he goes back to his cabin and he, he says to his wife, obviously, you know, I haven't been drinking because we've been on this cruise. There was another yeah. Mark Sullivan on the, and oh. he, he had gotten his bill. So and they that got Mark Sullivan out. was hitting the bar pretty hard. Well, and the guy said, you know, the thing about being a recovering alcoholic and not drinking, it's so much cheaper. Like, I didn't spend $1,500 on booze. It's right, like, right, right. But that's the thing. People, I mean, they have stores on these places. It looks like a mall. I mean, oh, like yeah, it's crazy. Louis Vuitton. I think that I think there's one that's like it's like 17 stories. I mean, it's massive. One of my students was telling me he had gone on a cruise, 17 stories, and he mentioned getting in an elevator. There is no way I'm getting in an elevator on a cruise ship. That to me just seems so unnatural <laughs> i mean if yeah. something went wrong and you're trapped in an elevator oh my god yeah bye 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 yeah i mean i you know the cruise industry the airlines the hotels i mean everyone's taking it on the chin right now the only thing i really want to do on my bucket list is to get into a conga line on a cruise ship you know like you see in the commercials the big carnival cruises Getting that conga line with all those yeah. people. <laughs> Sw- swinging those hips. <laughs> That's living, baby. That, that is, is living. living. All right, folks. Well, uh, I hope you stay well. Um, stay healthy, everyone. Hey, try to... On our next podcast, we'll talk about, you know, the, the sort of do's and don'ts of home confinement. I'll, I'll just leave you with a little tidbit I heard. Try to make your bed every morning. That's a good way to kind of get the day started, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, you start the day off on the right foot. Try taking a shower every day. (laughs) 
Yeah, taking a shower. Don't wear That's your pajamas all day. <laughs> Try not to yeah. be in your pajamas all day. At least get into a pair of sweatpants. I yeah. mean, I think people are gaining some serious weight because they're bored and they're just eating constantly. See, like, I find myself, I'm just, I'm working from home, I'm bored, and I just, I start eating. I just start eating like kitchen. snacks. Yeah, I know. It's hard when you're not like away from all of that and doing stuff i know I, I've, somebody put on facebook that they figured everybody was going to gain 15 pounds and i said maddie k goes hard in the paint i'm going for 30 how do you like that 30 yeah 30 pounds or <laughs> gaining 400 pounds just this huge blob <laughs> yeah, you get so big your kids the kids in your class don't even recognize no. <laughs> you. they think you're like a sub it would be Christian Bale when he played Dick Cheney. Right, he right. gained all that weight. <laughs> It'd be great to see somebody's like picture over the course of this whole thing, just getting bigger, yeah. unshaven, <laughs> just uh, slumped over in their chair. At, at day one, they're all trim and shaved yeah. and in their workout gear. Raring to go. 30. Yeah, day 30. <laughs> There's a uh, big... Thing of potato chips. <laughs> it's all lying yeah, hey, there. Hey, Bob, you look like crap. Did you get corona? No, man. It was <laughs> no, just... No, it was no. This, this is a quarantine. I haven't been outside in 25 days. <laughs> yeah, pale. Just been ordering DoorDash. You know, That's another industry, DoorDash. I don't know if this has helped or hurt them. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't know, know Lyft and Uber have been suffering. They, they haven't been uh, doing too well because... People don't have any place to go. Nothing's open. And then people don't really want to get into a cab with a stranger or a car with a stranger. And I think a lot of Uber drivers are probably, and Lyft drivers are concerned about, you know, close quarters with a lot of people they don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, those, those gig workers, it's tough, too, because there's, you know, how, how does unemployment insurance work for them? They're oh, contractors. I, I mean, that's, a, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. Well, folks, we don't want to end on a downer. It's a nice sunny day. Um, hopefully it is where you are. Try to get out and enjoy. Go for a walk, you know. Try, yeah, listen, it, and listen, if off. it's nice out, there's really no need to social distance. If the sun is shining, it's immunity. There you go. Now that's Gargle not, some soap before you go out. Yeah, there's no basis. And I'm issuing a personal disclaimer uh, so the lawsuits can go right to John. <laughs> now, I'll give yeah. you his last name. You can too, direct so you can... those all my way. Exactly, with his uh, medical advice. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. All right, thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.